Hey everyone, this is Wesley Town. Welcome to Better Days Season 4, a conversation around making good when all feels bad. Let's jump into today's episode. Hey friends, so glad you joined me again this week as we continue talking about this coronavirus crisis and making good when all feels bad. Last week, I talked about mental health in the midst of the coronavirus and this crisis that we're all experiencing. This week, I'd like to address spiritual health in the midst of this crisis that we're experiencing. We're all trying to navigate our new normal in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. Our lives look very different than they did a few weeks ago. Many of us have felt stress, anxiety, panic, disoriented, and unsettled. A crisis disturbs our sense of normalcy. And a crisis causes disruption in almost every area of our lives. We're affected mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and relationally. I like to think of these four areas as four legs of a chair. Each leg of the chair is essential for stability. If you take away one of the legs, the chair becomes unstable. That means our mental health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, and our relational health are essential for stability in the midst of a crisis. Because of this, it's really important to consider something I talked about on last week's episode. That's this concept of circle of concern versus circle of control. Our circle of concern in the midst of a crisis is often where we're giving the most attention toward. We're focused on the virus or potentialities or what-if scenarios. And it's really easy in the midst of a disruption, a crisis, to be fixated on our circle of concern. But I would like to draw your attention not to the circle of concern, but the circle of control. The circle of control is the things that I can control and you can control in your life such as investing in our mental health, investing in our emotional health, investing in our spiritual health, and investing in our relational health. During this time, I felt this constant low-grade stress over the news cycle. We're being bombarded with the messages of coronavirus and potentialities every day over social media, over news feeds, over the news online, if you, if you watch TV still. We're constantly being reminded of the spread of this virus. And it spiked all of our anxiety and stress levels. This is a great time to pause and reflect and choose to invest in cultivating our spiritual health and our mental health. So make sure if you missed last week's episode that you listen to that. The question I want to pose is this, what does spiritual health look like in a crisis? And there's two angles that I want to take in addressing this. First is this, most of us have time right now. As we're keeping social distancing measures, we're quarantined in our homes, time means opportunity. And this is a great opportunity for us to do two things. One, build new rhythms. God created the world to function in rhythms. That's why you have day and night. That's why you have work and rest. Two great examples. We, as humans, function best spiritually when we have rhythms. One rhythm that I've found so life-giving in my own life is spending time with God daily, cultivating a relationship 
with God. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about communication. I'm talking about a relationship with God. Another rhythm that is really valuable for my life and my own spiritual health, and this might be interesting to some of you, is taking care of my physical health. Why is that so important for our spiritual health? Here's why. God created us as integrated beings. All facets of what it means to be human are important. If they were not important, he would not have created that aspect. So how we treat our body will affect our soul. How I care for my physical health affects my inner being, affects the health of myself internally, my heart, my soul, whatever you want to call it. So taking care of your physical health influences your spirit. This is a great new rhythm to build into your life right now. Second, not only build new rhythms, this is an opportunity to set spiritual goals. Think about the area you want to grow in. You might say, I want to grow in becoming more patient or being kind or loving and reflecting the loving nature of God. That's a great spiritual goal. Another spiritual goal that you might consider is I want to become more. Uh, Whatever that is, that blank, I want to grow in something. I want to become more, whatever that blank may be in your life. Or you might say, I want to use my resources and talents to make a difference and serve people. For far too long, my resources and my talents have been for my own benefit, but I want to serve the good of the people around me. You also may say, I want to be consistent in my spiritual rhythms. That's a great spiritual goal. Another thought might be, I want to love my neighbors in these ways during this crisis. I want to really be intentional with how I can love my neighbors, how I can pray for them, how I can care for their needs. And then I want that to translate into how I live my life in the future. So right now with time, time equals opportunity. And opportunity means we can build new rhythms and set spiritual goals. Let's transition to another thought on investing in our spiritual health in this moment. If a crisis causes disruption, what is the opposite of disruption? I would like to offer six words and six verses to think about in terms of spiritual health during a crisis. And I'm thinking about what is opposite? Like, what are we feeling now And I'm not saying any of those feelings are wrong or not normal because it's normal to feel unsettled, but what's the opposite of that? What's the longing of the human heart and the human condition in the midst of a crisis? Six words. The first one is peace. Peace is what each of our hearts are longing for in the midst of a crisis. John chapter 14, verse 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Fear is a normal emotion, particularly in the situation that we're all facing. We can't physiologically be in denial of the feelings of fear, right? I guess you can like cognitively deny it, but your body can't deny the reality of fear. So fear is real, but what we need to do with fear is we need to process it. What am I afraid of? What are the fearful thoughts or feelings that are entering into my mind and that I'm feeling in my body? Because, you know, naturally, normally we're going to feel fear, but then we get to process through it. There's an amazing book on emotions, and the writer said, fear is a helpful informant 
but a terrible master. So it's informing us, maybe there's danger, maybe we need to seek safety, maybe maybe something's not right, and we need to probe that and process that in a healthy way, but never allow fear to master you and overtake you so that you're paralyzed from being the person that you were created to be and doing the things you were created to do. So peace. The second word is hope. Hope is not the denial of hardship or suffering. I think it's easy to think of that term in what we're facing and what we're experiencing and what we're feeling, to think that hope is just like this overarching denial of my suffering. Hope embraces reality, meaning hope feels the pain, hope feels the anxiety, hope feels the unrest, hope feels a little unsettled, but hope also has expectation for the future. And this is what I call honest hope. Honest hope is this belief that we can both feel human suffering and pain and unrest, and we can also have expectation for the future at the same time. Those aren't mutually exclusive. Those aren't in competition with one another. That's a part of being human in this broken world. Third word, the opposite of um, disruption is rest. Rest. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Mark chapter 2, verse 27 says, The Sabbath, which was the Hebrew term for rest, was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Meaning this, rest is a gift to human beings. Jesus invites us to a place of rest in him. Even in the midst of being weary and burdened, even in the midst of a national and global uh, crisis, a pandemic that's affecting all of our lives, we're still invited to a place of rest. And rest is a gift each day. God created sleep to give human beings rest. And God gave us the gift of a Sabbath. That means a day of rest to rejuvenate mentally, emotionally, and physically, and to celebrate the accomplishments and what we were able to do in that prior week. So rest is a gift. Take advantage of the gift. It's so important in the midst of a crisis. The fourth word is present. You know, I just want to encourage you. It's normal to feel anxious. It's normal to feel stressed. And it's normal to feel fear in a time like this. But we do not want to be overtaken by anxious thoughts about tomorrow. Listen to this, Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That means we are present in the day at hand. Tomorrow will have its own challenges. Tomorrow will have its own complexity. And I love that Jesus is a realist. He says each day has enough trouble of its own. So if we're consumed by potentialities and worries and concerns for tomorrow, we're not able to be present today. And I want to encourage you to be present each day. And that means being present with God, being present with others, and being present in your work and the opportunities you have that day. Anxious thoughts about potentialities in the future, 
potentialities with this crisis will only rob us of being present and loving and being fully invested in what is today. So present. Number five, the fifth word, future. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9 says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. You know, a time like this is hard for many. There are challenges. There are burdens. And we may even feel discouraged. But I want to encourage you. Keep going, friends. Keep living. Keep loving. Keep growing. And keep expecting. During a crisis, it's easy to think that there will be no future. But there is hope. And where there is hope, there is also a future. And then, number six, my last word, is intentionality. Disruption often brings opportunity. We begin to see things different. We begin to evaluate life and values differently. And we realize what truly is important. So I want to encourage you to be intentional with this time that you have. In fact, there's a great verse in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16 that says this, making the best use of the time. This is a challenging time, but this is also a time of opportunity to be very intentional and to allow this hardship that we're all experiencing to develop and cultivate some things in each one of us that are really important for our future. So be intentional. Don't just live through this. Be intentional as you walk through it. In the midst of what we are going through, let's love the people around us, pray for those who have been affected by this virus, and do good in serving those in need during this time. Talk to you again next week. Much love. Thanks again for joining me. I hope you were encouraged. I would love for you to help me to spread the word to bring hope for better days to as many people as possible. You can send a link to your family and friends, post something on your social media, and write a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for your support. I can't wait to connect with you again next week for another episode of Better Days.